Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tribe Podcast. I'm your host, Tavi. And I'm Corinne. And we are back for season two, again, with another spirituality episode. And joining us today is our special guest and really good friend, Ava. Hi. (laughs) We were so excited to have Ava join us today. We are going to be talking about spirituality and other things such as ancestral magic and anything to do with that realm of things because we didn't really get to dive in as much in our first season with our episode lifted we wanted to come back and bring you guys a more thorough episode on what it means to be spiritual in this day and age we have questions for ayla we also have some articles that we want to share with you all and we want to talk about this through the lens of women through the lens of black women and just everything that comes with that what does it mean to be spiritual what does it mean to be a witch you know we're going to really talk about some serious stuff tonight and we're super excited this episode is going to be an extension, so it's going to be kind of like an add-on of like things that we didn't really get to say in the previous season, if you guys were listening. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it and kind of like go more in depth because there's a lot that I need to like just put out there. I'm pretty sure everybody else does too, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. I, I've actually been really looking forward to this episode, even though it's a, it's a bit more sensitive and some of the things we're going to be talking about, we sort of want to protect them and covet them. It's still so exciting and different for what we talk about. It's one of our more, I think, fun episodes. Not to say the other stuff we talk about is not fun, but I'm going to be honest, I'm going to have a lot of fun today talking about this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So Ava, would you like to introduce yourself at all and and talk a little bit about yourself before we like get started, get into this episode? Sure. Um, My name is Ava and I know Tavi and Corinne from school. (laughs) That's where we met, but um, I no longer know them as just schoolmates. I know them as friends. Um, And... I'm also very excited to talk about spirituality because I am on my own spiritual journey and I feel like I'm at a point that I would call my spiritual awakening. Um, For the past year, I've been getting into witchier things and I think I've reached a point where um, my life is in a very chaotic but transformative state so I'm I've been often turning toward my newfound spiritual practices for comfort and guidance oh that's really beautiful thank you for sharing that actually it's actually nice to hear that because I know that personally myself I mean even being in your life I've seen you kind of blossom and kind of evolve but a lot of this you're doing on your own so I'm excited for us to talk more about it later when we have some questions for you after we go through some of the research that um, we did for today's episode We have two articles that we want to share. They're both really interesting. So please keep listening. Tribe listeners, don't get bored by this because I promise you these articles are cool. I think that they really set the tone and also complement what it is that we're already going to be discussing later. So the first article we found 
was actually written by Yami Adegoke. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name correctly. This was written uh, September 13th, 2016 for, for Vice.com. The article's called Black Women Are Returning to Ancestral Religions. This article was very interesting. It started off with this whole idea that young Black women are embracing their ancestral practices over modern religions such as Christianity and Catholicism. And they're basically favoring those that are based more in African heritage. For example, there was a woman named Michelle Yaw in the article where she practices an Afro-American religion called Kumpa. It originates in Guyana. She grew up a seven-day Adventist, and she was not getting some answers to her questions from the church she was going to, and she stopped attending. So she felt like her experience with discovering Kumpa was her awakening. This article also covered a brief history of different practices respected to certain peoples in Africa before slavery. It also highlighted the fact that Christianity was seen as a mechanism to suppress a birthright or break apart a belief system. So imagine slaves being brought over here from West Africa to the Americas and they're being forced to learn uh, to worship a white God and to become Christian. It was a way not only to break them of their own innate abilities, powers of healing and their knowledge, but to completely weaken a whole body of people. And with that, there some, and with that, the article also highlights the fact that there is a lack of representation with celebrating a white man's Jesus. It doesn't really make much sense, in my opinion, for which we'll get into later. But if you think about Christianity, at least in the most Western Hemisphere, Anglo-Saxon ideal of what Christianity is, the idols is depicted as a white man. And if you have Africans, black people, black women, uh, I would say supporting or being part of this uh, religion doesn't really make sense to support someone who doesn't, who you can't identify with. The article also talked about how media has watered how the our current media has watered down complex practices so just to like voodoo dolls and whatnot like witchcraft has been has been broken down to just voodoo dolls and like blood magic and evil when there's so much more involved with it black witches and practitioners have been demonized and vilified or stigmatized to be evil in popular culture and in movies and books and lastly, in this article, what I found interesting was the comparison of altars um, for voodoo practices versus church altars. Like, what really is the difference when you go into a church and you see a whole spread and you see, you see like the saints and you see food platters out for them and, and basins of water and offerings. Like, what is the difference between um, showing that sort of, I would say, praise versus uh, having an altar for your past on loved ones. What is the difference, you know? So that was the first article that we found on Vice. Ava, do you have any thoughts on this one? Um, it's very interesting because it's not an area um, 
that I have knowledge on mm-hmm. um, because as a white girl, I grew up in the Catholic Church and in in a white community. So these things were never uh, were never brought up. That was not something that people were concerned with in my community, but. Um, it made me think about even growing up and having discussions with my mom about Jesus mm-hmm. and think- sorry, just the way you said Jesus. <laughs> I know, I heard it. <laughs> I heard it in my voice too. Um, and <laughs> like it looked like it hurt you to say Jesus out loud. <laughs> like she had to reach back into her soul to get the energy to say that. <laughs> on certain pamphlets uh-huh. in the Catholic Church where you would see Jesus with blonde hair and blue eyes and right. I'm talking to my mom and we're like, this doesn't really add up mm-hmm. from where Jesus is supposed to be from. I don't Geographically. Think he, I don't think he looks, <laughs> he, he would would have looked like this. Right. Um, but I'm really grateful that you shared that article with me because um, it brings light to a situation that I didn't know about, which was um, black women who practice magic, and I wouldn't have known that they were demonized. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas me, as a white woman, um, I could, you know, easily find acceptance in like the TikTok culture of all the. <laughs> of all the the witchy the witchy things to go on but um I'm thinking about now the other young girls and young women who um wouldn't as easily find that Hey guys, it's Tavy, and I'm bringing you guys this week's Artist of the Week. Today, I want to highlight an amazing artist named Alexis Raccoon. She is a digital artist and illustrator, and she's from the U.S., but currently she lives in Spain. The type of art that she creates features all types of ethereal and peaceful, meditative, spiritual artwork featuring mostly women, I would say, from all walks of life. I own two of her pieces of art. What I like about her artwork is the fact that anyone who goes to her page can most likely find someone who looks exactly like them. She is what I would call a perfect example of an inclusive artist. Another thing that I love about her artwork is that she always has some sort of hidden message or some sort of inspirational quote that she writes in herself. And they're usually very motivating and uplifting. They tell you to focus on your intention and focus on your purpose. And I love that when I finally got the chance to get some of her artwork, Around my birthday last year, I was so excited and I can't wait to get more. I'm just happy to share her name with you guys. And I would love for you to check out Heartwork. She shows women in different environments, either at home, outside, and all the 
All of the nature around them usually looks pretty magical and pretty special. If you're someone who's into self-care, spirituality, and just finding yourself and really centering yourself, I think you will resonate with Alex's work a lot. You can see all of her work, all of her digital media that she does on Instagram at at Alexis Raccoon. That is at A-L-E-X-I-S-R-A-K-U-N. And perhaps you'll find some artwork that you can see yourself in as well. That is it for this week's Artist of the Week. Acceptance. Right. I have a few comments on what you said. First off, it's pretty, really cool to know. I mean, even though your experience, your upbringing is, is um, not too far from mine, actually, in terms of the church you went to. I went to a predominantly white church mm-hmm. when I was in a, a teenager, and that actually led to me leaving the church at some point because of a lack of representation. But again, it was something where my peers in those churches didn't know what the struggle really was. You know, they, they were the majority and the God they prayed to they they could emulate or look like you know who they were praying to but this article is specifically talking about the african diaspora this huge movement that's happening it was written four years ago i remember first coming across it two years ago during my i guess probably like when i finally decided okay i'm gonna accept this as who i am i actually came across this article and it was it resonated with me because I didn't realize that I was actually one of the millions of black women, let's say, having this awakening at the same time. It, it's coming off the backs of the natural hair movement, this new wave of feminism, all these different uh, separate movements that work in tandem to create this really powerful experience that we're all having and we're all connecting in different ways. I guess it's just the fact that it became less about just jumping on a trend and people more so looking for a connection, looking for answers. And I think what I enjoyed about this article is bottom line, it just made sense. You just felt more comfortable, you felt at home and you recognize the fact that there's a lot of ancestral religions out there, not just one. You know, there's other things like voodoo and santeria and there's other ones that people just realize, oh, this makes sense for me. I'm not doing it to just be trendy, but this is who I am. It's important for especially for black, for black, I think African-American women specifically, but this obviously doesn't keep out everybody else if there's men that are going through this too. Like, you know, everyone's building their little covens and everything. It doesn't exclude you as I would say, racially white, right? But ethnically Cuban, right? You're to uh, like... Yeah, I'm Italian, Irish, and Cuban. Right, so, but racially white. It doesn't, ex- we're not including you in this conversation because again, there's this war on women anyway. And it has a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You think about it like a Venn diagram. We all cross over each other in this whole, whole experience. This conversation definitely fits you too. Corinne, did you have any comments about the first article? Um, I had, I think, two or three things. I'll, I'll figure out how many by the time I'm over. But <laughs> the first thing I wanted to talk about was how you mentioned that there's not too much of a difference between like an altar for someone who practiced like, you know, um, Wiccan practices versus like a, a, a Catholic altar. Mm-hmm. Because I remember back in high school, um, my art teacher took us on a field trip to New York City and we went to St. Patrick's Cathedral. 
and there was like and when we went inside there was altars everywhere with candles and offerings and like there was like the um the bowl in the front where you have to like kind of like do the you know the thing (laughs) i'm not sure what that's called but you have to do that when you walk in and when you walk out and just it was a whole thing like you would walk around once and then you would leave and i found it interesting because as i look back on it it was catholicism but if you were looking on the outside looking in and you didn't know anything about religion you really wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that and like someone who made an altar in their own home Mm -hmm. um to their own ancestors even so um the only thing i found a difference between that was that the altar was for not an ancestor but like for jesus and that was it or depicted white saints you know white angels yes um and the second thing i wanted to bring up was um growing up i went to a baptist church and that was mostly with um black people and older black people at that Mm -hmm. and i just remember the conversations that would happen at the church like um it was different like you know like when the pastor's like preaching and like you know giving different sermons and stuff and stuff like that it was some of them would make sense um to me as a child but some of them didn't like the whole disciplinary thing like they would connect that to somehow being a part of um like christian like being like i don't know how to describe it like they would describe like disciplining your children as like kind of like a, a, a connection to like God in some way mm-hmm. so it was kind of like a um, like they would they would say that it was making them making your children more obedient when you're disciplining them but I remember that was the one time my mom actually disagreed with the pastor when they were preaching and they said that oh well you know people who say they got abused they weren't getting abused they were just being made to (laughs) they were just being made to be more obedient um and my mother growing up she was you know abused and it was literally child abuse and she said that she doesn't feel that way she doesn't feel like it was coming out of a place of like religion or anything of love or it was coming out of a place of you know anger but or hate in some way so it's different things in the church that kind of like they kind of make you look at it differently and I think that's like a connection to why some people turn to spirituality and like some people turn to practicing things about connecting with your ancestors and even if it's not a racial thing and it's not a thing where it's like you know oh well I had this you know awakening because I feel like Christianity isn't connected to my blackness or anything in me relating to my ethnicity or my race, it's like maybe sometimes you just really honestly cannot connect with something that you were being kind of force fed as a child. And then growing up, you finally have like your own um, realization about it. So like, you know, that's how I felt about the articles because it's kind of like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like, no, <laughs> it's it's hard to find the words for it, but it's like a, a, a awakening. You know what I mean? I'm trying to find the words for it, but I can't like do it. So yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying completely. One other thing I wanted to mention about that first article, towards the end of it, I enjoyed this article very much. There was this part about how, like I said earlier, black 
people are demonized and vilified for practicing what is natural to them and we're seen as evil so that's why in the media it's almost easier to enslave us or to sell us sell the idea of enslavement because we're vile creatures because we have the ability like in these fantasy shows um the black people that can do magic are evil wretched souls and they they don't deserve to be the hero or or anything there's no there's no gentle bone in their bodies they're made to deceive and to harm you. And they become this trope that's pretty ignorant. I mean, I remember seeing Angela Bassett in American Horror Story. I think she did a phenomenal job in Coven. Coven's actually my favorite season, but there was an element there where they reduced um, her character's ability is to voodoo dolls and pettiness when she had so much power and so much she could have depicted. It's one thing, yeah, we got to finally see a darker woman of color in a position such as that. Representation matters, yes. But then when you break down the characterization of, what was it, Marie Laveau? I think her character's name was. Um, What was she reduced to? Just evil incarnate, you know? And it's like, there's healing that we could do. There's, There's educational aspects she wasn't there was no lovableness to any of the black even even um queenie her character like she was just a hateful or spiteful petty angry angry black witch and it's like dang hollywood give us one but not the other you can't be you can't be benevolent and black and powerful at the same time you get to be the cannon fodder or you get to be the villain. Even in the Vampire Diaries franchise, I'd say, they're known for having like black witches, but I we will talk about this more later, but I have to say my opinion is that like all the black witches in the show end up being evil or crooked somehow. We don't get to just be good unless we're Bonnie Bennett. And even then we're, we get treated horribly. You know, we don't get to love. We don't get, to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that. That was the first article. Now, jumping into the second article, this was actually more recent. This one was written by Nadra Middle on October 20th, 2020 for NBC News. This one's called Black Women Embrace Spiritual Realm. The, the article opens up featuring Rachel True. Ava, you may know her from The Craft. She played Rochelle. She was the black witch in The Craft. It's like the cult classic 90s movie. Rachel True has been on her own spiritual journey like her whole life, but she recently released her own tarot deck called The True Heart Intuitive Tarot, uh, which, side note, is actually available now. And it's really inexpensive considering that it's a full tarot deck with a guidebook. It was only about 20, 20 bucks retail. She, so yeah, so she played Rochelle in the craft and she has studied tarot most of her life. And she designed this deck to reflect the diversity of her New York City birthplace. She is biracial. I believe in the article, she mentioned that she is also black and, and Jewish. Like she has like a white parent and a black parent. This inclusive imagery was illustrated by artist Stephanie Singleton. This woman named 
Yvonne P. Shiro. She's a professor and chair of the religion department at Swarthmore College. And she's an author of the 2003 book, Black Magic, Religion and the African-American Conjuring Tradition. She had this amazing quote in the article that I just took verbatim because I just want to read it to you guys. She said, black women seem to have more of what I would call an orientation to the therapeutic. And that has been consistent. It's not just about women's power and witchcraft and all these wonderful things that the white feminists were about. For almost every black woman that I know who's involved in any of these traditions, it comes down to the purpose of this work is ultimately about healing. And not just bodies, but healing spirits. So you won't necessarily find them out they're trying to do spells to remove Donald Trump. That was the quote. So I, I just found that very interesting. Like, you know, especially when you mentioned TikTok earlier, there's black witches on TikTok too, but you can see their first line of business is not to hex someone. It's not to make your hair fall out. It's to find some peace, to find some healing. And I just resonated with that quote and I wanted to include that. That's my takeaway from this article. There was also a New Yorker named Maya Spalter in this article who rejects the idea that all witchcraft needs to be Instagram ready. The idea that we need to identify with Celtic traditions and have expensive altars and fancy tools. Voodoo, Santeria, Hoodoo are not necessarily pretty, but they might certainly help us identify better with those practices. As a black woman myself, I identify a lot more with Santeria and Ovia and like other practices as opposed to the, I don't want to say white, religions but if you think about what is becoming mainstream on tiktok it's um based in like more celtic and wiccan wicca and all these other things that i just can't resonate with like earth earth um what's that thing called earth current what's the name of that one when they when they're like it's like specifically like, white though it's like earthy like herbal magic something, like, something like that but it's not like rooted like with black people it's like the white it has to do with like those druids like it's like druid and like like nordic like it's like very northern oh i know what you're talking about it's like like they're mostly like it's like forest type yeah 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 yeah. but it's but it specifically like resonates better with like white women not not necessarily like african or afro-americans um and lastly some of us don't even realize how much witchcraft we might have been around us growing up, the connections we had to nature, the strange things our older relatives might have done with remedies, etc. And now we're waking up and realizing what our own callings are, whether they're in light work, healing, astrology, star seeds, mambo, high priestesses. Those are some of my takeaways from this article. I really enjoyed uh, reading it. I also look forward to checking out Rachel True's tarot deck. Um, I hope you guys who are listening to this episode today also give it a try and, you know, watch The Craft again. That was a fun movie. Yeah, it was. <laughs> what do you, Ava, what do you, what do you think about this? I've never seen The Craft. <laughs> I'm so shook. Like, if I had special effects right now, I would put a, <gasps> like, reaction. Because I looked at your face and I'm like, something's telling me she don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Actually, while we're sitting here, let's look up the craft real quick. Mm-hmm. If you have a computer in front of you, feel free. <laughs> that, I just want you to see what I'm talking about. 
Oh, also, yeah. if you have Netflix, um, The Craft is on there as well. So, like, if you guys oh. don't, yeah, if you let me you double check, it. let me double check that because they were threatening to take it off last March, and I was like, oh no, ma'am. Yeah, they took The Craft off of the um, off of Netflix officially. That's why I was so sad. They, they removed it. But have you looked it up, Ava? I'm looking it up. I see there's The Craft Legacy. No, no, no. We're not talking about. <laughs> We can spare some time and discuss that later if you'd like, Corinne, but um, I want to get your, since I know you've seen The Craft, I wonder what your perspective on The Craft Legacy is, but we can talk about that later. Child, I've seen it. It was... (laughs) Yeah. I didn't watch it. Mm. (laughs) I didn't watch it for for, for reasons. The main reason is because The Craft. I wouldn't, I didn't want to like disrespect the cult classic, you know. You don't mess with things. When things is already perfect, you leave it as it is. Everybody knows this. So why do they keep trying to make these new versions in... Oh, let's not. I'm about to go off on a tangent. I was about to cross over into the Gossip Girl thing, and I was like, let me not. <laughs> well, what I will say, I'm, I'll do some more research on the craft, and I'll try to watch it. Um... But I thought that first quote you read was very beautiful in terms of how the first, like, the first thing you see from these witches is healing, first and foremost, which I I think is just a beautiful thing um, because it serves our souls, it serves our spirits, but it also, I think, has an impact on um, those of us who need healing. Um, which I think is everyone. I think everyone needs healing to some degree. Um, And what you had said afterward about um, not realizing the practices um, of ancestral magic in your life, um, it's very true because I think we all have abilities and I don't, and I think that um, some of us are more sensitive to it at a younger age and then and then have a label for it once we get older, discover what it is, what those abilities actually are. Um, I can think of examples, I'm blanking right now, but it's just something I relate to in terms of um, having that connectedness in your life from a young age it's always with you until you're older Um, and everyone is on their own timeline of course and has their own sensitivities um, throughout their life right and you have plenty of time to think on if you have any specific examples of something you want to share with us you have time to think about it you can always share it later when we get into the questions because you know like you have plenty of time and if you can't think of it figure it out later no problem i know that i have my own my own personal experiences with that too so that's why that part of the article really resonated with me too because i'm like that's so true like we didn't question some of the stuff we might have seen and we just kind of just accepted certain things around us but then we look back and we're like wait was my grandmother which and why did that one school teacher always wear that to school was what was that symbol that was always you know i start to wonder things like what was hidden in plain sight you know right and i think now it's more obvious people are not afraid to say out loud i'm a witch because what's the worst that's going to happen to you now things we i think we take things for granted and also i also feel like i must say this 
you can be spiritual and not call yourself a witch. And that's just, yes. I see that because not everybody's gonna sit here and have a grimoire and a book of shadows and collect uh, certain artifacts and things and perform any type of spell. Mm-hmm. There's some people who don't wanna go that direction, have that journey, I totally get it. But there's nothing wrong with being connected to your higher self. And as humans, we are very complex individuals. So not everything's for everybody. And as you said, we all have different sensitivities. Some people are asleep and will always be asleep. So Mm -hmm. that's something to just keep in mind. So any of you guys listening, we're not telling you to go out right now and go to Botanica and start piling up a (laughs) toolkit to be trendy. You might never actually be a witch. You might not have that in you. But if you want to know more about what, if you want to be open-minded and just do research, that's fine too. And maybe you're someone who's just more into taking care of yourself and healing and not going your own way, not necessarily following the mainstream. That's cool too. That's what this is all about. Right. And, and in everyone's own unique way. Right. That's magic. It could be something as simple as, um, as simple as listening to a song and just thinking about how you want your day to go. You're setting intentions. It's, it's really, it's so different for everyone. Right, especially when you understand those things that you're actually, you're actually on the precipice of discussing uh, vibrations and whatnot. Like that's true too figuring out what works for you and doing as best as you can to make sure you're content and that finding clarity for you that's good and you don't have to be a teacher of the dark arts and get everybody involved you know so I just just find that so interesting because everyone has a different path and I also like the fact that not everybody agrees on the on the right way to start this whole thing because you can be into voodoo and because that's it runs in your family or it can be someone who would never ever have an altar for that you're afraid of it and it's okay you you can be into the into the occult or not you know i mean there's things that i would i'll never and i know this that i'm never going to dive into because i only want to go what i'm go with what i'm comfortable with so i get it Karen, do you have any other remarks before we get into our questions? Um, I just wanted to add, like, when you were talking about, um, like, not really realizing it when you were younger and kind of looking back and being like, oh, that's probably what that was about. Um, I remember having brief conversations with my mom about, like, you know, what certain, like, what certain family members, was even just certain, like, people in the Black community would do in the South, like, um, kind of like practices that kind of imitated, um, like witch and like hoodoo and voodoo type stuff. Cause I remember my mom said this one thing, it's going to be a little gross for people who are listening, but like women in the South, especially black women, if they wanted to keep a man, they would put their, <laughs> they would put their, their, yeah, they would put their period blood in like spaghetti sauce or like in food and feed it to them. And most of the time it did work. Cause my mom told me that my grandmother, which is her mother did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to air my family out, but I will say that she did have two husbands. So 
<laughs> um, right, and, that, and that's something where on the surface that just sounds strange, right? Yeah. But then you're like, wait, wait a minute. Does that yeah. mean? And you start asking <laughs> questions like, what, what do you, what does that really mean? You know? Yeah. And it was just something that I never really thought about. I just thought it was like, I was like, oh, that's kind of nasty. But like, as I got older, I kind of looked back and I was like, oh, that's probably why, because they probably did believe in, in those practices. So, and for them, it, I mean, it did work for her. Um, she was married at the same time um, with two different men. So, right. I mean, I'm not saying do that, like, don't do that, but like, right. that's just something that happened for her. And um just one last thing um like for me I know that like as like I noticed that as my life got a little bit more difficult I started to turn towards spirituality a little bit more Mm. and like you said like there's a differentiation between like being spiritual and being a witch like and I found that minds kind of like gradually turned from one to the other like it started off very spiritual but then it like kind of morphed into being more on the witch side because I realized I've gotten comfortable with that because at first it was like what you were saying like you're kind of just like you're scared of certain things so you're like I'm not going to mess with it but as you learn more and as you get more into it you start to get more comfortable and I think that's kind of what happened with me so I just wanted to put that out there like it's just like a gradual thing sometimes it ends up stopping at a certain point but sometimes it can you know turn into something else right i agree sometimes you just go as far as you want to go or you just never stop learning you never stop you can never not get better at what you want to do i mean if you want to know more you study more you, you ask more questions you align yourself with people who have skills or knowledge in the areas you want to get better at and that's mm-hmm. fine and then someday maybe you get somewhere you're like oh i learned enough i'm good <laughs> yeah like, that you know there's just you know everyone has their things i also liked in one of these articles and maybe it was a different article that i graced over i, I could just be mi- meshing this with this one up but there was like this whole thing where the media tried to poke fun at like black celebrities. Actually, let's save that for the questions. Let's save that part because I want to tell you about what I came across on in the, on the internet. But we can talk about that later. So, Corinne, if you want to start us off with some of the general questions that you have for us, and we can answer them. Yes. So, okay. So for my well, this is the questions that we kind of like put in the general category. But for the first question, I put down like, what type of spiritual spiritual are you? So like, what do you practice, and like, does it have a name? And if it doesn't, that's okay too. But so anybody can answer. Okay, I'll I'll go first for me. Okay. What type of spiritual? I don't have a name for it. Okay, I will say this. I was learning more about Santeria uh, a year ago. Mm-hmm. I still know a lot about it. And that's because uh, a friend of mine, her mother is a light worker and she spent one summer opening my mind. It was kind of like, okay, how, did I, how do I say this without sounding bad? It was almost like without my consent, I was kind of exposed to knowing more because I was already the perfect candidate to learn more stuff. And when you start this journey, I will say my in my experience, the universe is gonna line you up with people anyway, and you're gonna end up going down the path to knowing more once you're awake, if that makes sense. Like you can't avoid it. I recognized 
their altar. I recognized some of the things they were doing. And so I just plainly said out loud, like, oh, I see you kind of, like, I see what you're doing. And this person was like, wow, like how I feel comfortable opening my home to you and telling you more stuff. And then at first it was cute. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know this, I do that. Next thing I know, I'm over here about to, I have to get a notepad and pencil because I'm like, this person's teaching me things and I feel inclined to know them. So I learned everything from setting your intentions and how to protect yourself against people like un negative energy and, and bad people, uh, how to bind, um, how to protect your home, how to set up an altar, those types of things I learned. But removing myself from all that details right now, I spend my time mostly on the surface, meditating, manifesting, channeling positive energy and keeping a positive energy light around me, which you would think is easy to do, but the way this world is so set up to be evil, it's so much easier to act, to operate on a low frequency but naturally I don't. Naturally I operate on a much higher frequency and a higher energy. And I've noticed with my friends and family, people tend to like to be around me for that reason. So that's what I do now. I don't go into those practices as much. I've packed up my altar and everything because personal reasons I plan on moving and I just didn't want to devote all my free time to that because once you start those kinds of things, you really are tethered to them. So I try to just stay on the lighter side. I do read my tarot cards, not as frequently right now. I'm just trying to spend a lot more time researching and asking questions and being guidance for other people. Like I focus more on my empath abilities, if that makes sense. That definitely makes a lot of sense. And I, uh, there are some parallels between both you and me in in our spirituality I don't have a title for mine either um and I've also been taking a step back from my tarot cards because I was getting um too reliant on them which was becoming unhealthy for me because with my tarot cards one it's uh, it's more difficult for me to read myself because of the emotional attachments I have to my life, of course. Um, so I've had to put those on the back burner. Um, but I'll start with how I embarked on this spiritual journey. I had grown up um, raised Catholic, but what comes to mind is my past and how growing up, um, my mom always had books of spells and crystals. She had a she had a case of crystals, and she never did anything with them at the time. But um, it, it was around. Stuff was around, but she wasn't practicing at that time. Um, I would think that's because she had children and raised us in the Catholic Church. Um, but I'd say about a year ago, almost a year ago, 
um, I bought my first deck of tarot cards and I started learning how to read them. Um, and then it's progressed to other things like learning how to set intentions and paying attention to the cycles of the moon, when to write your intentions for releasing attachments and when to write intentions for things you want to achieve. Um, so I, I'd say I've been taking small steps in doing that, but they've all they've all had um, they've all had very valuable lessons attached to them. Most recently, I took a trip um, with my mom and two of our spiritual friends. We went to Salem and we were doing readings in the hotel room one night and my friend had shared with me um, some tips on how to uh, protect yourself from I here's the situation I was I always communicate with my ancestors who have passed on and I feel very close to them and I've I always have um, and when my mom and I are together we especially get strong signs um, but when I'm alone, I get signs too. And when she's alone, she gets signs. But when we're together, it's very strong. Um, and si since I'm a kid, I always thought I was just more of a scared kid, always scared of things in the dark and whatnot. And I've never, I've never been able to see things in my room, but I'm realizing that I have the sense when something is around or when I at least acknowledge it and we were sitting in um, in a hotel room and the curtains were open and as soon as my friend was about to read read me um, I kept turning around like kind of creeped out by this window and she says to our other friend in the room, she goes, close those blinds. I don't like when people are looking in whether they're alive or not. <laughs> and I was like, so I was right. <laughs> something there. Um, and I know that, I know that the spirits that surround me are, are kind spirits. They're my family. They look after me. They've always look at, looked after me. But the whole time I was in the hotel room I, I just kept getting that night uh, chills up and down my spine mm -hmm. and then I would sort of warm up and then I, I would acknowledge it again that they were around and there were the chills again um, but a tip that she had shared with me because I'm prone to this um, scaredness <laughs> um she said, you can set boundaries. So when you're communicating with your ancestors to ask them, please communicate with me in a way that I'm comfortable with. And I've been doing that without, I've been doing that in certain ways um, without having that knowledge beforehand where I would go, okay, 
spirits, I need a sign, but please do not show up like show up in my room. Don't show me your face because I will freak out. Um, but I think I'm warming up now to the idea that if I were to see one of my ancestors, I think I'd be okay. Um, but I've been focusing more on that now because um, because it's just something that's been on my mind since then. We went on that trip um, late September. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they're, they're always on my mind, my ancestors, but um, especially now because I've been going through a, a bit of a emotional time. So I've been like relying on them for, uh, for signs and, and messages of hope and guidance. Thank you for sharing that. I was going to say, like, for you, Ava, like, I feel like your type of, like, spiritual connection is more like in the spiritual realm when you were talking about your ancestors, like, you can feel them a lot. So I feel like, even though you said you would freak out, like, if you saw them, like, standing right in front of you, like, it would still be like, like, it's like you have that feeling, like, you know they're there. So hopefully it becomes more comforting and it's not as, like, you know, as anxious as it was, you know, back when... It, like when it was happening more frequently for you yeah I think I think it is now now that I've just acknowledged it I've definitely calmed down to a degree in terms of thinking is there something in the hallway is there someone following me um it just having that knowledge and now knowing that I have the ability to say okay this is what makes me uncomfortable. This is what I can accept in this moment. Let me set a spiritual boundary. 